The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 381 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from practice. Our topic today is human rights for family caregivers and family members living with FASD. The World Health Organization, in its 2014 publication, Guidelines for the Identification and Management of Substance Use and Substance Use Disorders in Pregnancy, recognized FASD, that's Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorders, as a range of physical and brain-related developmental abnormalities attributed to the effects of alcohol on the unborn child, the fetus. FASD lasts a lifetime. It creates various distinct challenges throughout the stages of life, early childhood, adolescence, early, early adulthood, and mature adulthood. It creates challenges for family caregivers throughout all the stages. It has no cure, though some medications and behavior therapy may help, but no one treatment is right for everyone. Now, for individuals living with FASD and for their family caregivers, human rights involve matters of fairness. And fairness means that individuals living with FASD and their family caregivers are not stigmatized, not discriminated against, and not harassed, and also that they are able to access the care that's needed. All of which is why our topic, human rights for family caregivers and family members living with FASD, is so important for family caregivers and their family members. To discuss it, our guest is Jeff Noble. Now, Jeff is the founder and CEO of Noble Initiatives 2014, an organization that provides hope and education to people caring for someone living with FASD and the, the provision of hope and education is through online applications and in-person training sessions, demonstrations and consultations. Uh, Jeff's a helper, leader and innovator. His focus is FASD, but his expertise is building community through social media. Using an interactive yet personal approach, he delivers useful, need-to-know information to help and support frontline workers, educators, and family caregivers of those living with FASD. He's the author of an e-book, e-book sorry, Making 
Sense of Madness, an FASD survival guide. This is 65 pages of everything Jeff has learned about FASD. And it's one in which he shares his stories and anecdotes that have helped him stay stain, stay sane, those are his words, while he was a foster parent to a young boy with FASD. So welcome to the show, Jeff. Uh, thanks for having me, Dr. G. I appreciate it. Great. Now, first question for you. Please tell us about your own experience of family caregiving for FASD. Yeah, no problem. Well, how it started out, uh, I, I never... I never heard about fetal alcohol, you know, growing up. Um, and if I did, it was just like everybody else. It, it wasn't a big issue. Um, and then uh, how it came to be is I ended up uh, a few years later working with an agency that was uh, 90% uh, I had fetal alcohol. And from there, I kind of gained experience and then I became a, a foster parent. Now, the difference between working with someone uh, living on the spectrum and, and living with someone is that at the end of the day, at the end of the eight-hour shift uh, or whatever it may be, I was able to go home. Now, when you're caring for someone 24 hours a day, you don't get to go home. And that's where I experienced all the challenges uh, that, uh, that caregivers uh, had when dealing with uh, someone living on the spectrum. And especially since when I, was, oh, I first started, I didn't have that much of an understanding of the disability. Uh, so that led to a lot of, a lot of rough times. And uh, uh, through the education and the people I've learned from, uh, I now know that uh, you know, I, I'm not alone. And I, I, you know, my family situation isn't that different from literally millions of families across uh, North America. And so having said that, knowing how tough it is, that's, uh, that's been our main uh, objective when we, when we started Noble Initiatives was uh, to, to teach and to train because that's what we, we find that people are lacking the most. Right. Now, let's go straight on to then the question about your work through online applications. First of all, what are those? And tell us about how you use them. Jeff? Yeah, no problem. I have a couple of online applications that we do. Uh, you know, one is that uh, just through a, reg a regular blog where um, what I was doing was blogging about my actual experiences and not only, you know, my experiences, but then what I did to rectify the situation, uh, you know, both good and bad, you know, also the, mis the tons of mistakes I've made. But through the education that I received, I was able uh, to come up with some great strategies and solutions. So I was able to you know, to implement them into my own life. So uh, we have a, a blog and we also have a, a large Facebook group uh, where I post comments and little quips and sound bites, how I learned about FASD. And so I put them on basically every single day. And so the feedback I get from caregivers is they need those constant reminders every single day. And then we have a more advanced training because they're you know, there's. I could probably count on uh, on my hands how many trainings uh, there are 
you know, online or not, it's, there's not a lot. So, uh, there's, there's people all over the world, doctor, you have to understand from, you know, Pakistan to Poland, uh, they all have this, the same issues. Uh, and one of those issues are there is no training. And so we created a, an online training an online coaching where people could come and log in and go through all the training modules. And then we would meet once a week as well on a conference call where we could talk and, and we could support each other and I would bring on guests. Uh, so those are the ways that we use the the online methods to not only engage, increase reach and understanding, but ultimately what we want to do, and that's uh, and that's help caregivers. Right now, just give me give us one example of the daily reminder that you send out. Tell okay. us a daily reminder. Sure, sure. I'll go to uh, if you give me a second here. I'll go to the one that I've that I even did today. Uh, so. And, and, and these aren't these daily reminders are modified, but it, it's it, when I when I was in 2009, I had the opportunity to take an online, uh, not an online, but uh, an FASD certificate course through the Toronto Children's Aid Society, their Child Welfare Institute. And the facilitator there said, listen, I am going to I am going to uh, teach you like in sound bites and because her, her husband, the facilitator's husband was in the news business. And she said, you know, they get little sound bites uh, to get the story and to get the point across. Uh, so these are all sound bites that I collected from her and other people. And we kind of modified them. But for example, today I wrote, uh, there is a huge gap between what is heard about fetal alcohol and what is understood. 90% of this population do not have the face but 100% of them have the brain. And I, I put that out today, and as uh, I can see on my stats, it's reached over 7,000 people. Wow. And with 257 shares, I mean, uh, likes, 121 comments. <laughs> uh, so it, it definitely resonates with caregivers uh, everywhere. And I post these daily, and it's, it's, I, I, my average has got to be over 100 likes and 100 shares. So uh, that's, that's what I post, and that's, and the feedback I get is Jeff, I'm just going to stop yeah. you there. I know I'm being rude, but I've another no. question for you, and I don't no. want to run out of time for this. I want you to tell us about your work with your partner, Tara, Susie, yeah. Yeah. in providing training in the fundamentals of FASD. Well, so, yeah, no problem. So what we also do, you know, um, you're making me sound a little bit more busier than I usually am, doctor. Well, that's, that's okay. So, so what we do, and Tara is a, a huge help, uh, and because of my understanding of this disability, I've implemented things that I've learned uh, into my own personal life, and one of them is having somebody help me with things that I'm not very good at. So uh, Tara definitely helps me do that. So having said that, uh, our work is what we do is we'll go speak at uh, support groups, uh, conferences, and we will put on a, you know face-to-face -face training. And we kind of we like to make it edutainment, uh, so we can engage people and make them feel relaxed. And then we can really hammer our, our message home uh, because people aren't going to listen if their defenses are up or you know they don't know they don't think we know what we're talking about. So that's kind of how uh, Tara helps me put it together, and that's and that's what we've been doing so far. And in fact, we have a, a huge event coming up on on the 9th of April. Uh, we're hosting our first live event, and I know you're coming, doctor. So that's exciting, <laughs> and, and we're really we're pretty pumped about it.
Now, just talk to me a little bit more ahead of the April the 9th um, session that you're giving. What exactly are you wanting to do for the people who attend that April 9th session? Jeff, just very quickly. Yeah, no problem. Well, there, there's there's two things. One, because uh, our, our audience is going to be professionals and for and caregivers. And the one thing we want to do, it to, for we want to have people uh, come away with, is that this is a lifelong brain-based disability. It is not going away. It, if they have fetal alcohol at five, they're going to have fetal alcohol at 50. So what we want to do is we want to help caregivers understand that this is a, a neurodevelopmental uh, through the lifespan and we want to teach people how it looks different. Uh, but we also, there's a lot of misinformation, so we also help people understand what fetal alcohol is and then more importantly, how to go and have conversations with other people about it uh, so that they feel confident as advocates that they know what they're talking about. Right. That's very clear. Now, we're going to stop to take the break because this is where I always say we have to pay the rent, but we are coming back. So this is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Jeff Noble. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. 
You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Jeff Noble. Our topic is human rights for family caregivers and family members living with FASD. Jeff, now let's talk about the challenges to fairness for family caregivers caring for family members who are living with FASD and for the family members themselves. So, first of all, what do you see as the most challenging of the challenges to fairness to to arise, you know, in the general community, out there in the broad world that challenge family caregivers and also their family members? Jeff? Yeah, no problem. Here, the, the challenges are this. The challenges are that 90% of this population look normal and they talk normal. And so people assume uh, because they look normal and they talk normal that they, act should, they should act normal. And they don't see this, uh, this disability as invisible. And so because of that, they don't see that the accommodations necessary to help this population out in the world as fair. So for an example, uh, if you have a child in a classroom and the child needs multiple breaks or the child needs more time to complete the work or whatever it may be, uh, because they look normal and they talk normal, it's not fair for Johnny to, to go uh, out and take extra time uh, it's because people don't see it. And people don't understand that fair doesn't always mean same, right? Like if you have a diabetic kid, and he needs, uh, you know, he is, is for instance, is sugar. So he needs to eat something sugary. Nobody's in the classroom. They know the kid's diabetic. The, the, nobody's going to make a big stink about it, right? But if you have to let Johnny go 10 minutes earlier because the hallway, you know, the stimulation from the hallway it, it drives him nuts and he's not able to focus on where he needs to go next, that's, that's an accommodation some people won't make. A lot of places won't make. Likewise, out into the community, you say that people, you always hear that. Well, they have to, you know, navigate the world. They have to do it on, on our terms. And, and that's where they run into trouble because it, it's, not, it's not fair. And so when, when, when people try to accommodate the brain-based disability, a lot of times caregivers hear from others that they're enabling. Right, they're enabling the bad behavior. They're enabling all the, which it, which isn't the case at all. They're they're accommodating this this organic brain based disability, which of course I can't stress enough. Right. Now, you mentioned children in schools. Let's go into a bit more detail about that. What do you see as the most challenging of the challenges to fairness that arise in schools, and that challenge children and teenagers, and of course their family caregivers? Jeff, the most challenging. Jeff. Well, the most challenging what happens is in like I, I previously mentioned about younger kids. Uh, but what ha- what happens is when these you know is when the children get a little bit older, and as they get a little bit older, you know expectations increase naturally, right? Uh, you're expected to do uh, more in middle school than you are in grade school, and you're expected to do way more in high school than you were in middle school. 
And what ends up happening is because uh, these kids can't reach those expectations for many different reasons, uh, they, you know, they're they're looked upon as if they're doing this on purpose, and that if it's it's willful, and you know, they're they're being manipulated, lazy, unmotivated. You know, I could use all those all those phrases because they look normal, they talk normal, but inside what we found is there's something called dismaturity, which means kids living with on the spectrum or people on the spectrum are often half their chronological age on the inside. So they're asking someone who's developmentally younger to do things that's developmentally older and there's that gap and they can't do that. And, and that's the biggest, that is the biggest challenge hands down. And people don't recognize uh, that it's brain and they only, they look at symptoms as behaviors. Now, just give me an example of what you've been talking about. That is that this person in front of somebody who doesn't understand is of a chronological age that's much less than what would appear to be his physical age. Right. What, so, what then goes wrong? Give us an example. Okay. So for an example, um, what are the – so you say you have someone who's 20 years old. And this 20-year-old really developmentally on the inside is, is 10 years old. Well, let me ask you the question, doctor. What is expected of a 20-year-old? Mature behavior, understanding risks, uh, not doing stupid things. That I'm to be very blunt about. Sure. Uh, that's well, right, isn't it? Right, right. And, and so getting a job, right? If they're not getting a job, going to college, uh, probably getting their own housing. Uh, you know, they have to uh, get to and from uh, either work or school. So they, you know, they have to know what an alarm means. And, and, and But that's tough. Time is really hard for them. And so is money is really hard for them. And so a, a pure example is when, you, you know, uh, someone is failing to meet these expectations and the person will say, you know, grow up, you know, get, you, you know, you're 20 years old, you should be doing X, Y, and Z, but you know, really on the inside, they're, they're 10 years old. And so, uh, just like anybody, if they're constantly asked to do things they're unable to do, uh, the relationship breaks down. And so right in front of people, you'll hear people. And one of the biggest complaints or, or, you know, qualms that caregivers have is that people say, you know, they 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 look normal or you don't, they don't have any facial features. So, uh, uh, you know, their expectations are way too high. And, you know, I don't know on the last time you or anybody has exceeded someone's expectations, but that's but that's really hard. And so, you know, would I'm just asking, would you ask it? Would you expect a 10-year-old to be able to go to college? Would you expect a 10-year-old to manage their finances, uh, to manage their time in general? Would you expect them to do that? No, the the question is absolutely not. Uh, And so I hope that answers your question. Yes, it does very well. Now, still on the question of the most challenging of the challenges to fairness, what about um, family members with FASD? who are not well enough mentally to make decisions for themselves, you know, decisions in their own best interests. What are those challenges that arise? Well, the challenges are 
uh, let's okay. The challenges are, let's say, someone's older, right? So they're uh, wherever you're listening, wherever the age majority is. Uh, these uh, the adults, you know, this the adults' rights rights kick in, and uh, they have a they have a right, and if they want to choose help or not. Uh, but the problem is, since we don't understand uh, that they have deficits in executive functioning, which which. Uh, your executive functioning allows you to make good decisions, understand natural and logical consequences, but those don't work. And so our message to uh, people is that we're trying to steer them towards independence. And you can't do that if they if they can't make decisions on their own. But the problem is, is because our model, especially, you know, here in Ontario, is they still have a right no matter what. They'll offer help. But if the person doesn't accept help, they don't have to they don't get help. Uh, uh, one of my teachers told me this and it made so much sense that. Be, people living because of their executive functioning deficits, people living with fetal alcohol are the least likely to think they have a problem and the least likely to accept help. And now they're not accepting help because independence has been drilled into their brain uh, for so very long that they think that if they don't do everything on their own, they won't be successful. Now, let me just ask you this then, that with that kind of challenge. There must be problems for these um, young adults with the criminal justice system. Oh my! You know, um, I just was reading some tweets from uh, from a conference out uh, out in Vancouver, and the live tweet, and uh, and one of the participants tweeted that uh, people with FASD are 19 times more likely to be involved with the so with the with the justice system. Right. So right. not only is, so they have a problem with the justice system because it comes down to their brain damage. It comes down to not making the right choices. It comes down to being very easily influenced. And oftentimes because of their deficits, they don't make good choices. And so they're always they always get caught uh, or, or they're not even the one who planned who planned the, the crime, let's say. But they're the one left holding the gun or or whatever it is, uh, because they just want to make people happy and they're younger inside so they want to make friends and so they're definitely definitely involved uh with the justice system a lot and not, not only the justice system you know they have they have um uh they they have problems use, they use street drugs but you know they lots of al alcohol uh they have problems in with employment as well uh because you know an average full-time job for someone with fetal alcohol is just 20 hours because that's all their, you know, that's all their brain can handle before everything overwhelms them. So, so yeah, uh, you know, so the justice system and employment uh, are huge issues for those guys. And those guys you're talking about, and you're talking about young women as well as young men, I think, um, yeah. are particularly difficult because they look in the best sense of the word, okay, physically. And and not only that, doctor, but they they can sound okay, right? And yeah. that's what makes it tough when they're in front of people. Like, 
I have a family member who isn't confirmed on the spectrum, but there's definitely definitely something there. And I remember her saying after like six time being in a hospital uh, that oh, it's no problem. I could I could play the the psychologist the no problem. And also when they get in front of a judge, they just sound more capable because oftentimes even their expressive language is is higher than their actual you know chronological age. So. Uh, the, unless you spend a lot of time with them, uh, you can't tell. Right. And th I'm just going to make a comment because sure. we're going to go to the break in a moment. But that exposes them, doesn't it, to exploitation? Oh, in the in the highest degree, exploitation in the uh, um, in the criminal justice system. You know, in terms of like. Uh, uh, signing confessions and, and saying stuff, just the cop will say, you know, you won't get in trouble if you tell us. So just like a little kid, you know, uh, if who says that, you know, tell me the truth and you won't get in trouble. And they say, OK, uh, but it's not the trouble. And they they have a hard time with their memory. So even mm -hmm. recalling the events uh, is really tough for them. So they'll just, you know, make stuff up and, and fill in the blanks. So they are they are victimized huge, and and, and especially uh, females as well because right. they're so vulnerable uh, in, in that area, right? So they're exploited on, a, on numerous levels. Jeff, we're going to go to the break now, sure. but we are coming back. This is well, Dr. Gordon. So. <laughs> this is Dr. Gordon Atherley. My guest is Jeff Noble. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and SharingTheBurden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com 
You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Jeff Noble. Our topic is human rights for family caregivers and family members living with FASD. Jeff, let's talk about help for overcoming those challenges you were talking about, those most challenging of challenges to fairness for family caregivers and for the family members um, who they're caring for who are living with FASD. So, Jeff, what help do you advocate for overcoming challenges to fairness that arise in the general community and that challenge family caregivers? Well, here's here's what happens. Okay, so let's say that a caregiver has gone through the long and arduous process of even receiving a diagnosis, okay, because there are, there's limited capacity of diagnostic clinics. But let's say they go through all that. What happens is the caregiver then thinks that there's helps on the way and that their services are going to open to them and, you know, they're, they're going to get help, which is not the case. There, there, you know, and even if there are services, uh, they these services, not, a lot of them don't even understand uh, brain differences there as well. So the the challenges are to get a, getting people to understand that this is a brain based disability, and that these behaviors are symptoms. And 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 what I mean by that is um, switching people's mindset to uh, not. Uh, people, you know, uh, will if they want to, but they'll, they will if they can. And, and, and a lot of times that means for this population, that means doing with and doing for because of understanding their brain-based deficits. Uh, they have a lot of strengths too, uh, but, this, you know, uh, uh, decision-making is not one of them. So getting help is often a, a struggle and if in it is say if they do get a service for like respite or a, a worker unless the worker is trained and understands you know the neurological differences uh the 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 social worker gets burnt out because they're still using like a behavior modification like insight therapy and stuff it, they're doing this but it's 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 not helping so the kid gets folk uh, uh, frustrated the parents get frustrated and the worker gets frustrated and then the 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 person is transferred to another program and here we go and they're in this you know that the the big uh, whirlpool of services and they're being passed around and, and nothing's really working so there are I, I'm not all trying to it's not all doom and gloom, doctor, uh, but I'm just saying the majority, uh, there are those cases where people get great services uh, and great programs. Uh, there are some available, but they're, but they're so scattered. So uh, for, the, for the majority, uh, it, it, it's real tough. Just give us, a, give us a very quick example to explain what you meant when you said doing with and doing for. Give us an example. Okay. So because... Because we're going to go from uh, uh, um, the area of that kids will do well if, if they can, uh, because of their deficits in 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 their their brain functioning, uh, doing with and doing for means uh, you're going to do with them because 
they might not the way they can learn is from seeing you do it and doing it with you and not having to remember uh not being expected to remember when their next appointment is or when their homework assignment is due or when the next time they have to go to work uh and that's doing things with them making sure that they get it done making sure that they can making sure that they're successful And, and because of the brain damage uh some days are bad days, and I, I'm sure, just like you, doctor, that you have some uh, some bad days, right? Where the head's a little foggy, uh, you're not working at maximum speed upstairs, so it's a bit it's a bit tough. So, if you if someone living on the spectrum has a a brain day like that, it could be awfully hard just to do the little things. So sometimes you have to do for them. Got it. Now, what help do you advocate? for overcoming challenges to fairness that arise in schools that challenge children and teenagers and of course also their family caregivers so the school situation jeff yep yep so the the school situation is it has to be it definitely has to be a team approach and and it, it it can't be just you know, all the emphasis can't be just on the teacher because uh, a majority of the time they have you know twenty twenty five other kids to look after, and there's also varying disabilities within that classroom. Uh, so what we need to do is we need to create a team. So parents need to create a team and, and, and it's almost like a, a sales situation almost. And the, the caregiver has to get on, find that gem in the school, really find someone who, who gets the, that the person is a great person. Cause you'll always hear that, right? They're great people, but the, you know, and so we need someone to be able to be that gem in the school to help the parent advocate as well. And the parent, it's also, I often suggest about bringing, a buddy uh, to meetings and and to like IEP meetings and it's so important to make sure while a kid's going through school to have an IE, a liquid IEP. And What's it, IEP? Just to interrupt. Uh, an individualized education plan. It's, gotcha. it's right. Every caregiver would 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 know what uh, one of those are because most of our guys are on that. And then just to understand on a rights level that that is a legal document. And then it must be abide by. So a lot of times caregivers will fight to get stuff on the IEP, but then the IEP won't be adhered to and and it's not legal. Uh, But at the same time, we can't have an attitude where we are just pointing our finger and being mad. Uh, We have to understand that, uh, you know, a lot of times the schools aren't educated on on fetal alcohol uh, also. So, you know, parents have to be kind of advocates and trainers uh, at the same time. But it's also tough, too, in a school because a lot of times uh, the teachers think the parents are part of the problem. You know, they'll talk to the teacher and the teacher will smile and nod and say all the right things. And then, you know, when the teacher, when the, the parent walks away, you get the, the same old, you get the same old, like, if you only, you know, it's, it's partly your fault, too, if they had any idea. Now, this is not all teachers, but this is, this is the, the, the issue that we have. But in order to get help, it's really about building that support network. And in order to do that, people have to be on the same page. And it, it also has to reflect uh, you know, that who's, who's, whose goals are we trying to hit and who, and who, who is this really about? Is it about the, the kid's agenda or is it about the, the school's agenda? And, and as we know, it's, it's, it has to be all about, uh, about the kids, right? Right. Now the one, ch- the challenge that we mentioned before re- 
that arises with kids who are simply not well enough mentally to make yeah. decisions for themselves. What do you advocate by way of methods for overcoming that kind of challenge? Jeff? Well, it's, you know, it, it's not a, I wish we could get people living on the spectrum, everybody in a, a, a functioning assessment, not like an IQ assessment that, uh, that, uh, that will try to identify where they are uh, IQ wise, but where they are functioning wise. Uh, what age are their living skills? At what age are really their reading skills? At what age are their, uh, you know, uh, their general life skills? Where are they at with that? Uh, if in a perfect world, but of course, you know, that it isn't a perfect world. So a lot of times, what I we advocate for is a strength-based approach. Not you know, and we have to think long term. So when I'm in a meeting at school, I say, you know, we we can't. Not only is we got to think about. Uh, uh, Johnny's 10 years old, but what does this look like when Johnny's 25 years old? And what goals and what do we want him to be able to do uh, when, when he reaches that level? And so a lot of times it's heavily modifying somebody's somebody's school program uh, in order in order to meet those needs because it's at the end of the day it's not about graduating high school, but in fact getting ready for life. I'm well. When life is complex, as it is, and when life is challenging, um, as it is, and when people you inter interact with aren't necessarily good people in the sense that they might be unduly tough or they might be criminals yeah. or they might be um, bullies, then that's a real challenge for someone who is really not able to make the decision that's best for the circumstances and, and and especially not in the moment right and, and that's where having an external brain uh, comes in now I, i've often heard people like you talk about having another brain an external brain what do you mean by that well because if we we know that um, certain areas of the brain don't work very well for uh, for for people living on the spectrum uh, they need someone as one of the sound bites is that they need someone to explain the world to them and and, and them to explain the world like they need people uh, to explain what's going on because they see and they hear the world differently so they need somebody that they can trust uh, that they can even just run basic decisions by uh, but it's also hard because of, we talk about that impulsivity and they'll, they'll do things in the moment and, uh, you know, they, they can't really see the, the future, right? Like they don't make good decisions. There's, there's research done on this and it's, they continually don't make good decisions. So if they have someone that they can trust and, and somehow learn a coping skill uh, to not make that decision instantly and to talk it over with someone that, that they trust, then usually they'll likely make a better decision. And, uh, and that means even an external brain means even for younger people, like they need to be supervised. So they need someone there all the time. Yeah, and that's very demanding of the family, and it's very demanding of resources, and it's yes. very challenging in a busy environment like school or out there in the real world and this kind of thing. So then, and I'm just going to read 
kind of across to you and a, a sort of answer that occurs to me and we may get a chance to talk about it in the next segment but the, the fact of the matter is that there has to be a much better understanding on the part of the general community people with responsibilities in the community and people good people like teachers just exactly what FASD is in this normal human normal looking human being because not understanding what the normal looking human being is really capable of or not is very very unfair because the young person the young adult didn't do this deliberately nor was it the family's fault this was something that went wrong 100% okay great now it is time once more to take the break so we'll do that now this is Dr. Gordon Atherley and my guest is is Jeff Noble. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. 
You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Jeff Noble. Our topic is human rights for family caregivers and family members living with FASD. Jeff, I want you please to talk more about what you would like to do and you would like to see done to strengthen fairness for family caregivers caring for family members living with FASD. So first question, what more would you like to do to strengthen fairness? Jeff? Yeah, no problem. What I would like to do uh, is to educate. So educate, 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 and and in masses, you know, kind of take this under from the underground almost, if I can use that uh, that term uh, like that, and bring it to the forefront and help to mainstream it, uh, kind of like autism is. Uh, in order to do that, though, that we have we have a, a long way to go to educate uh, because there's lots of stereotypes. And with the whole war on drugs and uh, 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 that gives a lot of stereotypes to women who who don't want to say anything and don't want to uh, do anything because of the guilt. Uh, but we, so we have to kind of normalize this. So, you know, edu- normalize through education that a lot of people are going through this. So a lot more people could come forward and either A, you know, for 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 diagnoses or B, just how to handle people, uh, you know, with developmental disabilities in general. So that's what I would love to do. And that's what we're working hard on doing. Uh, and, uh, you know, our next goal after this is to do a Kickstarter campaign where we could literally go around uh, North America and do just that. And our, our approach has to be different. Uh, so we can so we can normalize it and and lessen the stigma and so that way we can open more of the conversation. Right. Now, what more would you like to see done and by whom to strengthen fairness, Jeff? Uh, can you repeat that? Yeah. What more would you like to see done by others and who are those others to strengthen? Fairness? Okay. Yeah, great. Uh, well, there's a lot of people. Who are doing amazing work. Uh, so uh, let me just talk about for a second. Uh, uh, there's Bonnie Buxton and Brian Philcox, and I'm sure you're aware of them. And they are uh, at FAS World. And and Bonnie and and, and Bonnie and uh, Brian have been doing work for years and years and years and years. And uh, so I'll just take for example. Uh, Brian wrote a, a blog the other day, and uh, what he was talking about is what Ontario needs to do is uh, uh, the education system, you know, must recognize that FASD is a learning disability and teaching programs, they have to totally be adapted uh, to the needs of the people who are affected. Uh, We have to, I like to see people, we increase diagnostic services into all communities and not just major centers because that's where a majority of them are. Uh, You know, uh, supportive, I'd like to see people get involved with supportive housing. Uh, You know, there's... uh, um, I think it's the Yukon that they actually have a housing unit and it's only for adults living on the spectrum. Uh, and they're trying to do that as uh, as well in Wisconsin. Uh, we need to, I still don't think that we have 
uh, an Ontario, like a policy in Ontario on fetal alcohol. I think we're the only one of the only provinces not to have a, a an Ontario wide province. And there's, you know, there's provinces to the west of us that are that are light years ahead of us. So uh, people like that are are doing uh, exponential work, and they're really trying to get uh, in front of uh, uh, the politicians. There's a woman. Uh, that uh, runs a support group in in Burlington, Ontario, and I was talking to her, and she was just trying to get in front of the MPP, and 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 I really think it comes down to uh, uh, teaching the politicians uh, because once they understand, you know, how big of an issue it is, and you know, they 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 know money, they know dollars and cents, <laughs> and that this is costing, you know, I think yeah, it costs yeah. billions of dollars a year. Uh, so, but then they say, you know, we don't have money to pay for the programs, but they already are, right? It's just right. coming out of the different pocket. Uh, so we could save so much money. Now, Jeff, can, I'm, ongoing, I'm being rude, yeah. only stopping yeah. you because as, of another as, question. As usual, Gordon. <laughs> yes, the question, another final question, and this is a tough one. What role do you see for human rights commissions in strengthening fairness for family caregivers? Human rights commissions. So human yeah. human rights commissions, understanding the complexity and the sheer magnitude of this disability, uh, and you know uh, the numbers are staggering, and they need to see this as what it really is is like a, a worldwide pandemic. And, and I still don't think, uh, because there's a lot of other issues that human rights are, are on, and there's a lots of organizations that, you know, push for, uh, uh, for adults with disabilities rights. But I, I'm talking like on a macro level, uh, understanding that this is a, a brain-based long-term issue, and, and the way we're doing business right now is not working. Locking ki people up. Uh, does not work, and, and there there are other areas in the in the in the world that are taking this on as a health issue. So if I was if if I was in front of a human rights commission, I would definitely be spitting some some facts in the sheer size of it. And and, and you know if you could put it that way, it, it's just so big. And if people realize that, it's not something that we can sweep under the carpet or 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 just build more prisons because that's what we're doing right now. Right. So in other words, there's an education job. This is tough for organizations like human rights commissions about what FASD really is and the challenges that it creates for the individuals who live with it and also for the families. And that's yeah. something that you and I might want to have another episode on at a later date. Absolutely. Now, we have unfortunately come to the end of this um, episode. And I want to say a strong Thank you to Jeff for sharing with us all that you've said, your experience, your insights, and your advice. And all success to you, continuing success in your important work. And very best wishes for the future in getting these messages across that you're so good at describing and explaining. Well, I appreciate it. And okay. I, I'm going to see you April 9th, right? Yeah. 
Right. Now, I've just got one more thing I want to get in. Well, I want to say thank you. For, <laughs> thank you to our listeners. Um, with Family Caregivers Unite, we're starting a new research project called Qualitative Research, which this episode is part of. The idea is to find out what you, our listeners, think about important topics like the one we've just been listening to and for you to share with us your experiences of healthcare. So please email me to hear more or to get involved. And also, if you'd like to be a guest on my show, here's how to connect with me. You just please email me at docg, D-O-C-G, at unite all one word, dot org. Now, our next episode will be disabilities and coexisting disabilities. So please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.